Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. Coming to you here, I am Tommy, one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Okay, we're in our, like, I guess you'd say, last regular, last post-game analysis of the of this season. Last episode of this season, really. Last, yes, last regular the, season episode of this season. The next episode, I guess you could call it off-season episode. Because there yes. will still be those. So if you hadn't noticed by our tone and our verbiage, <laughs> the Packers... Spoiler, spoiler alert! If you missed the game, the Packers have been eliminated from postseason contention officially by the Lions, losing at home at Lambeau 20-16, to falling to 8-9 and on the year, ending their season much in the same way that it began, kind of with a, th- a thud. I would say. Yep. Yep. So and that thud was not the sound of one of the Packers tackles. No. Making it, somebody making a tackle for the Packers. Not particularly. Yeah. Bit of ending, kind of emblematic of the season as a whole, Dad, as we get into our gut checks here. I think just the way that this game went just demonstrated that the Packers were not that good a team. They're a very average team this year. Eight and nine seems like about the record they deserve. Maybe seven and ten. Maybe a win here, a win there. You make it into the playoffs. But this team was deeply flawed in a lot of different ways. It was nice to go on that run at the end, although we'll talk about how that run may not have been so great for them, at least for draft positioning, but it is it what it is. Still fun. It was still fun. We'll always it's have that win be- against we'll always have that win against the Vikings. Yeah. Which it's is better nice. than it's better than another four weeks of misery. Exactly, I suppose, but oh, would have been a nice to pick in the top ten. But yeah, so just, I mean, yeah, the Bears they 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 had to lose ten in a row, and and managed to uh, back their way into the number one overall pick. Yep, I think if the Packers had lost these last, if you had told me the Packers were going to miss the playoffs anyways, I would say lose four of them, beat the Vikings, and then take your better draft position would have been my personal choice on that route. But anyway, just kind of. Gut check wise, and the fact that they didn't get to see love at all in this sequence of games is also really painful. But yeah, it is what it is, I think is my gut check. They didn't deserve to win this game. They didn't deserve to make the playoffs. They were a flawed team. It happens. That's kind of my gut check. My gut check is they've just showed that they cannot maintain a a good level of play without eventually making a mistake. I mean, and this was the sort of the season that they had so many games where eventually they did, they just screwed up. Um, and they have, you know, large stretches where it's you know, good enough play to win a lot of the game, but just enough blown assignments, tackles, turnovers, whatever, that yeah. they uh, end up losing. And that and this, they basically also- reverted... But they reverted also, to what they did during the five-game losing streak. Not only will they eventually make a mistake, they are not the type of team that can like overcome a mistake. It, not even just overcome a mistake, because I feel like that's touching on the mental side too, which might be accurate. I think, but I was specifically well, yeah. talking. I was specifically talking. They are not the type of team where they can make a few mistakes and still win a game. I'm not talking about like overcoming. Well, I'm talking about well, like how that's the Chiefs, what I. No, no. I'm talking about how like the Chiefs will like they'll throw a pick. And then they'll score a 60-yard touchdown. They'll still put up 34 if they throw two picks or have a fumble. The Packers need to have essentially 
four straight quarters of flawless football this season, and then they would be able to win a game. If they made a mistake in the middle there, it just they they needed to play almost perfect to win a lot of these games. Well, that's exactly what I mean by overcome a mistake. I don't mean like a mental hurdle. I mean their play is good enough where if they make a mistake, they can just brush it off. So, ah, whatever, we're going to score anyway. I don't mean that they can't, you know, mentally put themselves together and get back on track after a mistake. I but just that mean too. that there. To be fair, <laughs> that, I mean that that too. But, but, but that's not what so I was referring to anyway. That they they do do that also. Like they they do. Oh, both we're of done. These things like oh, that's it. Time to go home, everyone. I mean, yeah, it's just... Where are my they clubs? Just, they had all the, like, like, one, two, three, Cancun. They had all of the, like... I mean, they just weren't good. Like, they were they were kind of good sometimes, but no consistency. You know, you, know what the quote, you know what the quote is for this? We, you what? know what the quote is? They are who, who we, we thought, they, thought were. they were. Yes. They are 100% right? who we thought they were. They are an average team. They will maybe win a couple games they shouldn't maybe lose a couple games they shouldn't look wildly inconsistent game to game and within the game itself quarter to quarter play to play drive to drive there's not a good enough team and it's kind of sucks when the aspirations and expectations were way higher than that yep yeah because i mean they weren't better than the lions yesterday they just weren't they weren't like even, the lions were much better yeah you know, they weren't even they weren't coached as well as the lions no, the Lions don't make as many blunders as the Packers do. The only like way in which the Packers were better than the Lions yesterday is like maybe on paper, like maybe you have some <laughs> better players. Like they needed to play paper football. They need to each get the little triangle, play a little paper football. They're better on the paper. Th- the thing is, I mean, they just they got outmatched. They got out physical. They weren't as disciplined. They weren't as well coached. It was they were worse in almost every single way they could be yesterday. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, right? Uh, did you have anything else for the gut check? How this game made you feel? How, how you feel about the Packers going I was going anxious forward? going in. I yeah. was anxious by half. It's like, how we, we should be up more and we're not. This almost always bodes ill. Poorly. Yes. <laughs> I knew as soon as they didn't capitalize. I, well, I knew. That's incorrect. I felt bad as soon as they started you not capitalizing this. on these drives. Sense it, of impending doom. Because it just felt like, it's like if you don't put this away, like they're just gonna hang around, and it's gonna be the same thing as last time, where you it couldn't went, put it away, and they and just the hung same around. Thing as it was against the Commanders, yep. against the Giants, yep. all these teams that we led and failed to put away, and and uh, you know get build up the lead when we had the chance, and then let them win. Yeah, and it feels like just what is it? I mean. They have to be just top to bottom, front to back, one of the worst situational football teams on offense and defense I've ever seen. Just yep. so poor on third downs, fourth downs, goal to go, red zone, in the opponent's half, and then on defense to end like two minutes, two minutes left in the first half, one of the worst defenses ever. Uh, just situation, like third down defense usually, it was pretty decent today, or pretty decent against the Lions, but usually just horrible. I mean... Just a really bad situational football team. And that kind of is... Because I feel like in a lot of other aspects, they're good, they're decent or to good. And then just situationally horrific. Horrific. And it makes you wonder on offense, at least, situationally, how much it's just been... Yeah, Devante, go get open. Yeah. You got this, buddy. 
I guess that was the offense. Was that the offense the last three years? I mean, that was certainly the third down offense, and that was definitely the red zone offense. And, and, and I was going to say, and the red zone. Don't forget the red zone offense. And the goal-to-go offense. I mean, it was pretty much yeah. just like choice and option routes for Javon- for Devontae. Just make it work. Get open. I mean, and some some nice drawn-up stuff here to there, here and there, but I think... They- I think often that's taking advantage of the fact that Devontae is... Perhaps yeah. getting so much attention. I mean, they was. did, but also they did a really good job. Like, put they used to do a good job at least putting him in positions to to get open easily. Like yeah. having him in motion and getting him those one on one. What did they stuff. say at one point at the last year? Was like, well, basically ninety percent of our plays involved Dante or in some way, something like uh, that. I can't remember. It was something like that. Uh, yeah, but, and uh, I, do you want? Should we get into this? Shall we, let's get into uh, the, the meat of what we were. What we saw, what we wanted to see, what we saw. Yeah, so I guess we can start with the offense. You want to start with the offense? Sure. And as usual, I had more things I wanted to see from the offense than you do. I guess I'm just. I had mo- given up. Faith I guess in I'm the just offense. more offensive. I had given up faith faith in the offense. I I knew they were going to have to really hold Detroit down and strangle them to win this game. I felt like I felt like they would have been able to run the ball better, but. Let's start with the good and end with the bad, and but but get I did have a few things. Us, Dad. I wanted. Oh, oh, let's start oh, with yeah. the good and end with the bad. No, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead with the things that you wanted, and then we'll go. So I wanted bad. to see them run the ball a lot with Jones and Dylan. It was not meh. for lack of trying. I mean, how many total they carries did they have? They couldn't again? move it. They I think it's twenty-four. Total. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. To Jones and Dylan. Twenty-one. Um, Is that it? Just carries. twenty-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, that Detroit's coverage grades were bad against tight ends and running backs, and so I was hoping to see them take advantage of that. I think they were able to use Tunyon a bit, but passes to the running backs. Jones had well, Jones had three catches. Dylan had two targets, zero. He had two targets, three though. targets, three targets, three targets, mm-hmm. no catches. Yeah, I mean he had that uh, one according, really according to Yahoo Sports. He had that one bad. really painful drop <laughs> that yep. really hurt. Yep, maybe he had, he had two drops. Well, he had at least one. At least really one. Right, right in the hands. But, um, and then the last thing that I thought um, Detroit was bad by DVOA at defending deep shots. And, well, they had that fantastic catch by Watson, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. So, so let's, we go let's, on to uh, Let's start with it. Let's start with the positives. And I think the biggest positive in this game was Watson. I mean, he was a star in this game. He had five catches on six targets for 104 yards, two carries for 12 yards. And then that included, like you said, that huge 45-yard um, catch to set up the go-ahead touchdown late in the game in the late third quarter. I mean, he was their best player on any side of the ball today. He was a go-to guy. I wish they would have gotten him more targets. Um, I mean, he was clearly the biggest mismatch they had. He was their, their best ball carrier, too. I mean, he was their best player on offense. And he has. I think he is like right on that cusp where if he has a good year next year, he's flirting with stardom. Um, and so yeah, yeah they just, he was, yeah. Oh, I think one thing that I think to do that is they try to get him uh, to be more of a volume player, um, involve him in all levels of the field and get him the ball, um, you know, more like double digit targets per game kind of yeah, level. That's what I'm saying is they, they needed to get him the, get him the ball more. It's tough because this offense is a bit of a, it's a low volume passing offense as is, and they have a lot of weapons they want to spread the ball around to. He did, I believe, lead the team in targets tied with Lazard, so he's getting yes. like a good amount of work relative to the rest of the offense. But they definitely yeah. could pump up his target numbers 
next year for sure. They need to because yeah. he was their best player. Part of player it is their the, their pace of play, so they just don't run very many plays. We'll get. I did. I said we're going to wait on the bats. We're going to wait on that. We're going <laughs> to we're sticking with <laughs> the good mean, stuff first. That that's why he's his in terms of like the volume num- um, yes, volume numbers aren't uh, coming. That, they have to but, be the slowest damn offense I've ever seen. My goodness, they're so they're just turtle esque in their ability to move the ball downfield. Um, beyond that, though, for me, positives, I thought Tunyon and Cobb were pretty solid. Five catches total on five targets between them for 40 yards. Cobb had a really nice catch on the sideline that was very vintage Cobb. They were just very solid. Um, it kind of just speaks to the fact that the offense, I think, in general was really horrific today uh, or in this game. Yeah. And as just I, the offense was so bad in this game. But anyway, continue with some positives, please. Yes, there's, we're, we're, we're searching. So I also had Watson, of course, and I just want to mention that 45-yard uh, catch. He is. They actually flew the, through the flag for the DPI. It was so egregious as they're grabbing and pulling one arm down and tackling him before the ball gets there, and he still catches it. It was just a, it was just a, fab, it was just a fantastic play. I'm just happy um, he caught it so he can go in his stats. That's, yes, that's fun that's for true. me. That's <laughs> true. Um, I think he got him, get him over 60, 600 yards on the season, I think. That's a good I question. I can look that while you vamp I, a little bit. Go ahead and go with your other positives. I'll check that. So I also felt like Tunyon did a few nice things. He had that really nice catch for the third down conversion, and he caught um, all three of his targets. So he had, he had a you know, not a fantastic game, but he had a, a decent game. And then... Um, Lazard had some good run blocking. He might have been their highest graded run blocker for the game. Not saying actually. much. No, considering, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but uh, he also caught four of his six targets for 41 yards and their only touchdown, though he did also had a bad, have a bad drop. So that's what I could find for the good. Um, I couldn't really find much to be excited about from anybody else in the offense. Yeah, and that Rod- did end and, up and with Rogers. I should say Rogers' best throw of the day was incomplete, a drop. Yeah, which and we I, could talk about. I think the it was ended up being forty-one catches for six hundred yards and seven touchdowns for Watson on the year. Very, very solid rookie year, especially when you consider the amount of games he missed due to injury. That's going to be the biggest thing to clean up for him, I think. But that yeah. it sounds like we're ready to move on to some of the negatives for the offense. Like I teased, the offense was awful today. I thought it was terrible, top to bottom. I was really frustrated because this was not a particularly strong defense they were going against. Pretty weak D-line by most metrics. Pretty very weak secondary, missing their best corner by most metrics. I mean, without a CUDA there, just specifically who I'm talking about. This was not a very good defense, and they were a terrible offense. In like, in, they They looked horrible. I mean, I have so many things written down. Um, coaching, everything seems so difficult, um, and they have to be just such the slowest offense in the league. I mean, in terms of, like, how many seconds it takes them to get, like, 10 yards, like, they they are, like, 45 seconds to run the play and then a three-yard play. 45 seconds to run the play and then a four-yard play. 45 seconds to run the play and then a three-yard play, and that's their 10 yards, and they just they try and do that essentially – seven times in a row and that's how they're going to score like that's that's the plan on offense it seems like some mind-numbing play calls from the coaching staff including most evidently the lazard 
end around handoff on fourth down and fourth and inches when there's no one over the center. So you can just sneak it right up the middle. It's wide open. (laughs) Every team in the league does this now where if it's fourth and less than one, you just put a guy behind the quarterback and you push him through the line and it's free every single time. We actually did it later in the game. I had that. It's like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I didn't, I didn't hate going for it, even though it was in our own territory. I just hated the play call. And yeah, they showed how easy it was to get the QB sneak to to work by doing it later in the game. So it's so, not even that they're worried about Rogers' thumb. They they were fully ready to do it, but for some reason, at your own thirty-one yard line, you won't do it. Like, what are we doing? I just feel like, and I, I have this in my notes: like, stop trying to show everybody in the world how clever you are with these cute plays, and just take the easy yards. Yeah, it's it's just bad. And then beyond that, I think the I mean, there's a few disappointments in this game for me. I think one of the biggest disappointments was the offensive line in this game was awful. They were so bad in so many facets going against a below average to bad defensive line in their own right. They struggled in almost every facet, especially in run blocking. Between Jones and Dylan, Packers had 21 carries for 81 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. This was not a good run defense. Jenkins, Myers, Bakhtiari, and Nyman all graded out below average in run blocking per PFF. And meanwhile, the right side of the line got absolutely obliterated in in pass protection. According to PFF, Nyman allowed three pressures. He only played like 11 snaps. Tom allowed three pressures, so that's six pressures between ju- at just your right tackle spot is six pressures. And then Runyon allowed two more. Yep. And so bet- for that right side of the line, they're accounting for two-thirds of all the pressures Detroit had. I mean, the offensive line should have been able to bully Detroit's line, couldn't get any movement in the run game, couldn't protect Rodgers. He was getting, he got hit seven times tonight. Like, that's... I did get that number down, but I had a lot of the same same notes you did on the the blocking. The only one of them that actually, like, I would say showed up in this game was Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari was pretty good in this game, especially in pass protection. But any any pass rusher who went over... was not good, but any pass rusher who went over to the right side immediately got pressure. And then the interior D line, I mean, Isaiah Bugs made uh, Elton Jenkins look tiny twice in a row. Aleem McNeil absolutely blew up Josh Myers like two or three different times. Like, he looked like he was way more athletic than anyone in the... I mean, he, he beat Zach Tom to the spot one time as well on a run play. Uh, they just... They couldn't handle Detroit's front, and Detroit's front is not any good. I don't, I, or I'd disrespectful to say that, but statistically they have not been any good. And, and the Packers have really struggled against them. And it's one of the reasons why they have so much trouble scoring in the red zone against Detroit. It's not just this game. Why do they have so much trouble against this defense, which is generally not good? Um, and I had a lot of the same things like the O-line only Tom was slightly above average in run, run grade blocking. Um, Runyon was average and all the rest were below average to poor. Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, Six linemen total since Diamond's uh, included in this, um, and the, uh, the the at the right side of the 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 line got worked by Aiden Hutchinson, making him look like a superstar. And Ali McNeil, I heard his his name kept called over and over again on on the broadcast because he was always make, in the backfield making a play somewhere. Just terrible, just terrible offensive line play for the whole game. And you have a lot of resources tied up there. Like and and, and they had generally who had been played playing well. They've been they've been playing well for like the last four weeks, and they'd seem to be like, oh, hey, they get healthy, they're getting it together. The offensive line is coming together, so that means the offense is going to start running smoothly. And then today, 
I mean, um, this game just just totally awful. fell apart. Horrendous. Like, and not even against super elite competition. Nope. But wait, there's more. Yeah, they. I mean, I mean they we... just poop. The offensive line just pooped their pants out there the whole game. Um, I want to end. And, uh, we end with, and let's were... end with let's end with Rogers. Let's do him last. The next thing. Okay. Uh, then, I've, then 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 there's more. I've got. I've got I, more. I have more also. Uh, Dylan was bad. He looked slow all night. He had a really bad drop. No catches on three targets. Three point seven yards per carry. Yikes! If that's you know, the, the plan. Funny, the funny thing is, PFF had him for a pretty good running um, grade. It's hard to it, know because when, the the offensive line was awful. Right. So so I, I have this like so they averaged at less than four yards per carry as a group, though their personal grades were both pretty good for Jones and Dylan. It's just that everybody in front of them blocking for them was bad. Yeah, but I, I still thought Dylan looked kind of slow tonight. He looked bad in the passing game. I didn't think he had a good game. Dobbs had two targets, no catches, one pretty bad drop. Um, that was, yeah, that was the best throw of the night where yeah. I think he just wasn't. Maybe he couldn't see it because the, the defender was in his way. But, like, it's one of those, like, you know, ear, you know, ear hole helmet throws. It just comes right through the defender, right into his hands. Yeah, and, and then he barely got his, he barely got a finger on it. I don't want to be too harsh on him because he is just a rookie and you shouldn't be counting on him to make massive plays to win these type of games, but still not good. And then situational offense. I mean, it's just been their bugaboo all year. It's been so bad. Um, They're just... They're just... I mean, third downs, going into this game, Detroit was allowing a third down conversion rate of 45.83%, which is 30th in the league, according to team rankings. Packers went four of twelve on third downs, which is despicable. Four of twelve against one of the worst third down defenses in the league. Yes. That's really that's really uh it's, yikes. It's awful. It's horrible. It's horrendous. And then they should finishing drives, I mean, tacking on to this situational offense thing. The Packers could have put this game away early. They could have been yep. ready to go home. They five of their six five of their first six drives went into Detroit territory and they scored nine points on those five drives. Yep, I have those down as field goal, field goal, field goal, fumble, missed field goal, touchdown. So they didn't get a touchdown until their sixth trip into Detroit territory. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awful. It's awful. And, like, that fumble from Jones was so deflating. I mean. Which, you know, you want to talk about that? that yeah, like, I mean, it's not the first time. Big games, it's not the first time. And his third lost fumble of this season and third elimination no, not third elimination game in a row with a fumble, but no. Um, but NFC Championship another... game versus Tampa, everyone will remember. It's a big reason they kind of folded in that game. Is coming out of half at the end of half, they they Kevin King they kind of crapped their pants, and then coming back into the second half, they fumble the ball in like the second play. So deep in their own territory to give up a score to fall behind further behind. And then in this game, I don't want to rag on Jones because he's been like their best player all year, and I don't want to pile up on him. But he's done this multiple times now where he's had big fumbles and big games that have like really cost the Packers a lot of momentum and right, made yeah, it the, so the that fumble, they can't the win. The fumble in last year's playoff elimination game was uh, on Mercedes. Mercedes. Yeah. <sighs> Just big fumbles and big games from important players and captains on the team. You yep. can't have that. Like, you can't have that if you're going to be a good team. I don't know. As a, those are my negatives before Rodgers. Do you want to get your non-Rodgers negatives out? Because I feel like we're well, going to talk about Well, the other thing I'd say about Dobbs is that you know, both of his targets came up as drops. Um, not just 0 for 2, but but both of them drops. Though the, one of them was a little off target, a little low, but probably should have caught it. Um, 
other drops from Lazard and Dylan. Um, I had the same thing about converting drives, uh, the, you know, only one of three in the red zone for touchdowns. And that I had the same thing about the drives in Detroit territory that we talked about, which is, you know, just basically continuing this, the, the script from last game. It's the same story. They can't convert in the red zone against this team. I don't know why. They can't, con- um, but they couldn't convert in. They're one of the worst red zone offenses in the league. Or at least one yes. of the worst goal to go offenses in the league. I need to double check their red zone conversion rates, but I, uh, I, they're not good. Also be. I mean, I'll vamp a little bit while you look that up. You because, could go up on because um, it's not. It's not just the Lions games. Just just look it up real quick. Oh, it's I've not. It's, it's not. They they've been bad in the red zone and goal to go all year long, and it's like they. I don't know what. I don't know if it's a combination of like. Losing Hackett and losing Devontae. And... Just two years ago, they were one of the best. Exactly. Year, it's crazy. Um, they are 24th. Yeah. In uh, touchdown percentage in the red zone. Bottom third. Bottom fourth. 25th percentile. Uh, er, and yeah. then the and beyond red that, zone scoring percentage defense. And I can tell you what's going to happen, Detroit. too. Yeah, and Detroit was uh, one of the worst they're 27th in red zone defense. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. And we I couldn't, know what they're we couldn't gonna, score them either. I know what they're going to run when they get down there. They're going to run the ball twice for a yard each time because the offensive line can't get any push. And then it's going to be third and seven, third and eight. And they're not going to, Rogers isn't going to pull the trigger or no one's going to be open. I guess every they'll, time. They'll scramble around and then throw it slightly off target to somebody in the end zone. Like, uh, yeah, um, the one he did today, or the one he did in this Lions game, like that's a hard throw. So I'm not too um, too mad about that. Is one, whether but... was it was it actually off target or was it uh, Dylan not where he expected him to be? Either way, who knows? Didn't work. Just, either way, it didn't connect. Yeah, which has been the story of the season. Whose fault is it? Who, who cares? Knows? Yeah, who knows? Matter. Who cares? As a team, the team failed. Who cares yeah. who to blame? Who cares who to blame? The team failed. The team failed. Yes, I think that's that's the is that the the tagline on this season. The team failed, just because there's so many people to blame. Because like, are you done with your negatives for the offense? Because let's talk Rodgers. Because he was not we good go in this to, game. Yeah, we can go to Rodgers. He was bad. I'll start. He was bad again. He's been bad for five straight weeks, and no one's talked about it because they've won the games. But he hasn't been yep. very good. He was 17 of 27 for 205 yards, a touchdown, and a pick today. That's not going to get it done, folks. It's not good enough. Numbers would have been so much worse if Watson doesn't catch a miracle YOLO ball for 45 yards. I mean... Right. If it was a DPI instead of a a completion, uh, he doesn't get those yards. And he was bad. Rodgers was... I know he was under pressure. The offensive line was not that good. I know the receivers were not amazing in this game. But in the fourth quarter, when they needed him the most, he was 2 of 6 for 12 yards and a pick. That's two yards, two yards per attempt plus, plus a pick. And the I wonder pick what that, Q- oh, was, that QBR would be. And the pick was despicably bad. The game's not over. It's third down. You don't. Well, it was over after that up. throw almost. Well, yeah, but you don't need to throw it up. You don't need to. It's not necessary. You have another down. Why are we throwing it a million miles downfield? There's three and a half minutes left. Oh, man, we've had so many of those. Just throw this it up. Doesn't have a chance. Just a prayer. Throw, throw downfield and see what happens. He threw had so many prayers. So many prayers this season. Oh, that were never answered. Nope. And what were you going to say? It sounded like you had something. 
Uh, well, I was going to say the you know, things he threw. So, um, is Kirby Joseph invisible to Rodgers? He three threw picks. two picks to him last time. Three last picks game, on the year. And there should have been three today. He had the drop pick That's right. to no, Aaron Jones four. on the oh, right. Yes, yes. There was the there was the pick that was canceled by hands to the face. Yep. That's still a bad throw by Rodgers. And then the pick yep. that actually finally counted. They got bailed I mean, by the reps and it didn't matter. I, I think it was a real penalty. Yes, but it, it's not it did not affect the play in no, any way. No, it had nothing to do with Rodgers' yes. throw. They got so bailed I, by bail, a bail dumb bail makes it, it sounds like it it was it wasn't legit. They got bailed by the NFL rule book. Yes. Is what they, they got bailed, bailed out by. Because that because it, it had no throw. effect on the play. It's like, does he not see him there? What is the story? It's like, does, does Kirby Joseph just have like some kind of mind meld where he knows exactly where he, he, he can read where Rogers is going to throw it better than anybody else? Because he's like right on the ball every freaking time. Yeah. And it's, and it's just, it was terrible. I mean. Was, and he had other off target throws. Those are just, those are just bad decision throws. But he also had off target throws into the, into the dirt. You know, a little low, making it hard to convert the catch. Yeah, I mean, he's just been. I mean, it could still be the thumb, but how? Like, how many times are you going to keep making excuses for him when he's not even taping the thumb? Like, they did say if you heard in the broadcast, yeah, they were talking about the hand in the last game that it was a little sore or whatever, and then he got hit I early mean, on. But you know what? I don't. I'm not here to make excuses for. They him. should have bailed on that thumb and put love in for you know, yeah, ten games ago. I mean, have you heard? I saw, was it Kyle Malzahn tweeted about Rodgers in fourth quarters of big games the last few years? No, I didn't see Have you heard this? So Kyle Malzahn, at Kyle Malzahn on Twitter, tweeted out Rodgers in fourth quarter since 2020 in like the games they were knocked out in. NFC Championship game versus Tampa. Four of 11 for 54 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. This is just the fourth quarters. 2021 Divisional versus San Francisco. Four of seven, 17 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. This game versus Detroit, two of six, 12 yards, no touchdown, one pick. Combined, 10 of 24 for 83 yards, no touchdowns, <laughs> one pick, 33.9 passer rating, 0.36 ANY per A. I think it's air net yards per attempt. I mean, it's we're, bad. We're, we're at like worst... If this is like for a season, we're at worst QB in the league territory with those numbers. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to bash on Rodgers too much. He's done a lot for the organization. He's made them very relevant for the last like 12, 14 years. Won a Super Bowl, won four MVPs. It's all fine and dandy. He has been bad this year. And he has been bad in key moments when they've needed him the past couple years. Like, he... It's it just feels so rigid with him, like when the pressure's on the last few years, it has not been up to the standard of the amount that they are paying him. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think anyone thing, would agree with you. And it's interesting, like the last I think it wasn't just this year. You know, this year's been bad when he's under pressure. His his uh, QB rating drops dramatically, but I think it was last year as well. I don't know. I'm not sure if 2020 was the same. Maybe 2020 was not, but he was not good against pressure. But he's good. He's good against the blitz. Very mm-hmm. good against the blitz, but not good under pressure. Yeah. Um, so. And part of that's like the lack, the mobility he's losing. It's. I mean, part of it is this time. I think just not having as good receivers as he's used to. But I mean, come on, man. Like, this is not good. This is not good enough. This was not good enough to win this game. You were part of the problem in this game. 
You were part of the nope. problem this season. You were very rarely part. He was very rarely part of the solution in the games they won. What game? Is there a game you would say that you watched this year where you're like, Aaron Rodgers is the reason they won this game? Um, Probably his best game that mattered would have been Dallas. Yeah, I think so. I think Dallas, maybe the second Bears game where they came back. Maybe. Uh-huh. I mean, very few times for a guy that you're paying $50 million a year. Yeah, you shouldn't be at, uh, you know, well, maybe Mitch Trubisky level is a little bit, little bit harsh. That's a little harsh, but, uh, but we're at, we're at uh, Jimmy Garoppolo level. Derek like, Carr level? Der- I mean, he's he hasn't thrown more than a touchdown in, like, all but, like, two games this year. I mean, he, he threw five touchdowns and three... A- Five touchdowns and three picks over the last five weeks. Yeah, it's been a long time since he's had a multi-touchdown um, week game. Yeah, it's game. just it just hasn't been good enough. Like I honestly think they have a better chance of winning this game if Love plays. Could be, and at they least Love doesn't that. complain about the offense. Like, did you see after the Vikings game, Rogers was complaining about all the motion they were using? Essentially, he he did it tongue in cheek. He wasn't like legit complaining, but he was like all this damn motion. It's like you scored forty one points. Why do you care how yeah. you do it? Why does it matter how the points are scored? I don't care. We need. And I, okay, the you scored. Is, you scored twenty-seven points. Whatever. Whatever. Fourteen yes, of those this, points were on special teams and defense. Whatever. It's still more than you scored still, tonight. Twenty-seven sounds good. Yes. 27, twenty-seven would be sounded really good about Rao. Yeah. So what we need is just like cowbell. We need more motion. More motion, and but he doesn't like it. And we need the, more cowbell. We need more motion. I'm just tired of like the offense being this weird, weird like hybrid of. Rogers ball and the floor ball, and then it always reverts to Rogers ball in like key moments. And Lafleur is to blame too. I mean, he he didn't do a great job coaching this game, but I I put a lot of the blame for this game on Rogers. I just don't think he was. Good. I mean, the line there was a lot of problems in this game, but and there's a lot of problems in this season. But I think Rogers, with the amount you're paying him, he can't be one of the problems. Like he can't he can't one be thing, one of the problems. I think one thing that's become, you know, abundantly clear with Rodgers in the last three years. If the offensive line is bad, he cannot put it together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, but even when it's, like, decent, yeah, like, at times he can't. Like, But, yeah, especially, especially, I mean, you look back at that Niners game, he's got nothing. That Tampa game, he's got pretty much nothing. Like, the, the line, the tackles are getting killed in both those games. He's getting killed in those yeah. games. And then the yep. offensive line didn't move anyone. That's a, that's a good point of analysis, guys. If the offensive line has been bad, he has been really, really bad. Right. And I think that's, you know, so who's who's to blame? Is it, you know, he just can't do that anymore? So he's not that, not good enough to be that anymore to overcome a bad line? Um, but, yeah, those, those you know, those a lot of those Which is weird, playoff though. statistics that you're quoting also correlate with bad offensive lines. line struggle yep. games. But it's weird, though, because he doesn't hold the ball that long. Like he really Except for once in a while, yeah. Pat, but pat, for the pat, most pat, part, pat. he has like a very quick like t- like snap to release. Like his time to throw is not very high, and it hasn't been the last two years. But yeah, the, I mean, maybe once the offensive line starts to crumble, the defense can just start playing him way jammed up, and he's got nothing for him, and he doesn't yeah, want to hold it. And there, and 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 then every you know he only has to hold it long, a few plays. Yeah, doesn't have to be that often, and then get buried. Yeah, if nobody I'm, gets open quick. 
And I mean, he only took two sacks in this game, which is a minor miracle in itself in some ways. But yeah, I mean, he was he was bad. But uh, we've talked about Rodgers for a while. Have you got anything else on him? Or um, I'm I'm fully that team. was it. The, the 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 main the main thing. I'm fully team. Like, if you can get anything for him in the off season, go ahead, Goot. Like. It just take a soft rebuild of a year, see if you have anything in love, and go from there. I think. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of my view. I, I could be on board with that plan. Yeah, I mean, the, I, we'll have to see what the we'll have to see what look we'll have like to see and, what happens. Yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting off season. But let's move on to the defense for this yeah, game. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. The defense, the defense was not the reason they lost this game, but they were also not the reason they won this game. Dad, do you want to talk about what we wanted to see from this defense before we break it down? Yeah, so what I had was uh, to pressure Goff up the middle against their guards, who are weaker than their tackles, get him to move off his spot and hurry him up. Play, And I specifically had, like, play Slayton at the nose and let Kenny Clark um, go uh, line up a little wider against the guards. So they often had Clark in the A-gap, uh, sorry, in the B-gap or out or over the tackle with Slayton inside at the at the A-gap or and, or sometimes no nobody over the nose at all. Um, in, in some of those alignments, and uh, Kenny was able to have some effect at the beginning. But they weren't able to get enough pressure on Goff as I was hoping for. You had a few different things that you were hoping to see from the defense. Yeah, I wanted to see them limit their running game. Um, statistically, it wasn't the best running game, and I felt like it would be a good tone to set if they were to make it further, which they didn't, to stop a below-average running game. They succeeded very well in the first half, and then the second half, I think they just ran out of whatever they had for them. The other was keep an eye on the backs in the passing game. Um, they did not do this. And then let Jair follow Amon Ra to the slot. They didn't do that that much, I didn't think, but it kind of worked out fine for them. Amon Ra didn't, wasn't the reason they lost this game. It's not like they got killed by him. They pretty much, they, honestly, the defense was not bad in this game. It just wasn't good enough. Um, I, I want, let's start with the good, I guess. I don't mind starting a few. If you don't mind, or do you want to go first? Go, yeah, we go can ahead. go. We, we, there's, there's, there is no reason to end this season on the good. No, do you, go ahead and tell me, tell me you're good for the defense because there, there's a few things. I thought they started the game well. So yeah, it had like they only gave up the one. I think the one really explosive play. I'd say it was the one to uh, uh, I think it was Khalif Raymond on the the, the moon ball that Goff that that's something floating up in the air forever. It's like how is nobody going to be able to break this up or get a hand on it? But. Um, but though that was the only one really for an explosive play, they, they kind of let up. To... They kind of let up to Jamison Williams' sixty-six yarder. Kinda that was called. Yeah, back yeah. He got he he smoked. Uh, was it Savage? I can't remember. I can't remember that but, play. But there was a, but there was a hold. Much. There was a holding on it. Um, that's true. Yeah, we take those. <laughs> it was a hold. Yeah, it was a hold. Um, they held to Detroit to a half a yard less per play than their average per teamrankings.com. It's not bad. Um, Clark did have some pressures in the first pl- half, making ma- you know making some plays, uh, disrupting a little bit. And you know, let's see, Savage led the team in tackles. With I thought Savage. I thought Savage played really well. I he thought had he was one, one of their better players. He had one tackle for a loss, eleven total tackles, and he had the only two pass breakups. Yep, and he played a, a lot of time in the slot, a lot of time in the box. Um, if only he'd been too... able to like grab that ball out between the the knees on that ridiculous catch that um, never hit the ground from Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, it's interesting um, to in see the what second, they're gonna in the second half how they're gonna deploy him next year because I think he 
has played a lot better in the slot and the box than he has deep. But they're kind of also without yeah. any starting safeties going into next year. I don't know. He, like, how many safeties should slot, we draft this year? Exactly. Because um, if, yeah. if he comes down in the slot, they just have no one to play safety. But he hasn't been that good of a safety because they're probably going to lose Amos in the offseason. I don't know. It's a whole big thing. We'll talk about it yeah. later. They could actually save money in the cap by signing him for another year. Um, but that's another story. Uh, who knows what's going to happen there because he's a free agent. And, you know, it's I, it's kind of hates. White Walker both made plays, but totally screwed the pooch at the end. You know, Walker yeah. got thrown out. And why could have been thrown out on the same play? He also comes up and bumps the trainer. Just, yeah. Just it's like, I, oh my well, God. How yeah, we're starting how can with you be pop. so stupid? We're starting with the okay, sorry. Well, well I'm just I'll... ready to, I, I'm done. That was oh, it. So I'm, okay. So I'm like, that was, that was, that was, uh, that was, that would straddle the line. I have more positives for, positive and... for the, for the, for the defense than that. Um, I thought the energy they had early, they, of all the Packers units, really set the tone um, early. They started the game holding the Lions to drives of three plays, four yards, five plays, 12 yards after a failed fourth down conversion at the Green Bay 31. So pretty much backed up into their own red zone. Yeah, five, that's true. Got to give them some props for that. Five plays, uh, 12 yards, and then three plays, seven yards. So started the game excellently for the defense and really set the tone early against what was a pretty good Lions offense statistically. I thought the D-line played really well in the first half. In the first half, the Lions had just, at least in the run game, in the first half, the Lions had just eight carries for 25 yards. That's excellent. Uh, beyond that, the third down defense held them to four of 12 on third down. Going into the game, they were the 13th best um, third down offense in the league at 42% of third downs, according to team rankings. That's really solid. And then, yeah. like you said, I yeah, thought I Savage played really well. A- yeah, I should have given a few more props to uh, their first their first half defense because uh, yeah. they were on the verge of giving up only three points for the whole half. Yep, but once again, let's get to the negatives. I mean, they are one of the is it is one it's either one of or the worst defenses with two minutes to go in the first half in the entire league. They just melt like wet cardboard at that starting from the two minute warning right. to the end of the half. And is that it's so is bad. that scheme? Yes, I think so. I think that's Joe Barry. And right? I don't know what to do I with Joe it's... Barry because I, did you see today? Well, let's talk you, about that. Do you sh- yeah, maybe we can talk about that later. But uh, you want to go through uh, You want me, You want to go yeah. through your bad things first? Should I, I get mean, mine? run defense in the second half was just, it kind of fell off a cliff. They allowed 4.9 yards per carry in the second half to running backs. Um, they also, the pass rush was really poor. Only three hits on golf all night and he had a lot of time to throw a lot of time to throw on a lot of occasions i get the uh lions offensive line is really good and the packers d line is without their best player but that's just another thing that went wrong in this game i'm not saying it's entirely their fault they were just not as talented as the lions o-line um they could not stop the running backs in the passing game uh like we said that they might need to and probably would need to uh, they combine the uh, Lions running backs combined for eight catches on eight targets for 72 yards, 72 of Jared Goff's 234 yards. So almost a third of his total passing yards were all to running backs as expected, but we couldn't stop him. Seven and um, seven of those catches and 60 of those, some of those yards were all um, DeAndre Swift, who we mentioned in the lead up to this game, they're going to want to throw him the ball and they did, and we couldn't stop it. Uh and then just discipline, which is just the biggest sign of a poorly coached team. Quay Walker. I mean, what this week of all weeks, of all yeah. weeks, you're going to shove 
a medical Let's go attack some uh, you know emergency uh, and you know, emergency res- personnel exactly emerging res- emergency responding like possibly emergency responding medical official for the other team and you're gonna shove him while he's trying to get to the Lions player are you kidding me like what are we what are we doing and this is the second time he's been ejected for shoving someone who was not in uniform in the same season according to Rob Domofsky on Twitter he is the only player in the last 15 years to be ejected twice in the same season that's really surprising the only one in 15 years that's unacceptable that is a level of discipline for this defense i mean obviously it's at least somewhat on him but i put it to coaching too like it it's like the buck stops at some point like that's what it is right yeah i mean that's it's bad discipline and on the team in general. Um, yeah, I had... Uh, um, did you have any more you wanted to, or should I go continue? I mean, those are those are my negatives. If you want to touch on the, the Quay Walker thing, I don't really have much more to say than he's uh, he's an idiot for that. He went on Twitter and wrote like a very long... It seemed sincere apology, but he's got to get his emotions in check in-game because that's twice that's happened where he has just yeah. completely I, flown off the handle. I, I actually have those notes, like, you know, about pushing... Uh, twice on non not in uniform person and he may need some serious coaching about overreacting to someone touching him it's like he's i don't know what the story is he's like just flies off the handle loses his cool and suddenly has to overreact to somebody laying a hand on him in between plays like he can't control himself it's like what are you doing you need to have enough control of yourself here so you don't hurt you know hurt the team hurt somebody else do something even more terrible um, by interfering with, uh, you know, somebody actually needs turned out to be really in need of atten- um, medical attention, mind mind boggling. But not the only undisciplined penalty. Um, Rasul Douglas, you know, first he he's trying to stop them from like kind of what he considered gaming a practice um, field goal attempt there at the and, and that's he's not a, that, and he's not a rookie. No, and this is something that a lot of coaches they try to time it so they can get the timeout before they get the snap and get the the sort of free practice kick. But what are you doing turning around and so you you walk into the middle, grab the ball, and then when you get pushed, you can't control yourself enough not to slap somebody? It's like 50 it turns into a field goal distance that they've already missed once to essentially an extra point. Yep. And and uh, give me 3 points. Just more, you know, just lack of discipline, lack of control of your of your players. Yeah, and this is on the this. I put this almost entirely on the coaching staff. You've got these players like flying off the handle, do these stupid. What everybody knows is just mind-bogglingly stupid. And a, they they even got away with one, another undisciplined thing. Where you remember when Jerron Reed just came in and clotheslined? Oh yeah, whoever that yeah, was, uh, the same and play. They just didn't call it. Uh, DeAndre Swift is the same play as. Uh, um, oh, it's, yeah, it's the same one as the Quay Walker Devante. What, like, what is the what is the defense doing out there? Like, yeah, it's coaching. So that's it's coaching. And the yeah, other thing for that's, Joe that's Barry, Barry, not I, I put that one. I mean, that's on Barry and the floor. It's on both of them. Yeah, and the fourth down call at the end to play off coverage yep. is just so. I've got that one too. It's amazing. Once again, yep. Let's let's give let's give them. Let's give them seven easy yards when it's fourth and one. Let's just back up until it's a turnaround and catch. Let's hope they miss. And once, the other thing is, <laughs> right, maybe he'll drop it. And once again, though, 
we could not, the, the defense could not make the stop with the season on the line, could not, you know, force a punt with the season on the line. And it's, but it's not even necessarily, I don't even know if it's fair. Because honestly, I don't think, I have a lot of feelings about the Joe Barry thing. On the one hand, the defense has massively, like, has I wasn't necessarily blaming that on Joe Barry. That's on the defense as a whole. Yeah. It's tough because he did make a lot of the changes that people were asking for. Like, he adjusted a lot midseason. Pretty much every change that people asked for, he implemented in some ways. And the defense benefited from it. A lot of times, he's doing what LaFleur is telling him to do. So it's not entirely his fault. And LaFleur said today that he does not foresee replacing Barry. He thinks he's going to bring him back. What I ultimately come back to is this. Joe Barry, I think, is a fine defensive coordinator. He's okay. The talent on this team is better than a fine defense. The defense has not been the problem this year. I I don't think. I don't think in any way the defense has been the biggest problem on this team. But you okay. can't tell me that they didn't expect more. Like, the defense has a ton of talent on it, and it underperformed in almost every single, like, avenue except for a handful of games, and then statistically in general, it's, like, average. But they have too much talent to be just average. Like, here's the question if, about Joe Barry, then. Where would you put the Packers' defensive talent on the league? In the league? Top 10? Well, here's the thing. We have so many guys underperforming in, as individual and, talents, and- it's hard to know. And where would you put Joe Barry, uh, rank him among defensive coordinators in the league? I will say I think every team hates their own defensive coordinator except for like two or three or three or four. Everyone has problems with their own defensive coordinator. I would say like based on resume and current performance, bottom 10, bottom 12. Is there a reason then to keep a defensive coordinator who is a bottom 10 performer in the league? But here's the – I do think he is like open to – making adjustments like he has made some good adjustments that ha- like have been very beneficial to the team which i think is so long for it to happen yeah yeah i i right? think the biggest the biggest reason i want barry gone is that the talent was too good for this defense to just figure it out to figure it out sort of at the 12 week mark right like yeah. if you have know, a team that you and, think is underperforming their talent it's coaching you usually, you know, somebody's... but the talent has been meh, like all year. I think is the other thing. It's like hard to say because at the same time he's coaching around a team that has no pass rush. They got no, no. juice. Oh yeah, I they, have, got, they don't have anyone who I can have other win up front. They... Like they got no pass rush. It... Devontae Campbell has been meh this year. Amos lost a step. Savage has been bad, and they lost one of their starting corners. So it's like. He is coaching around some some obstacles, and they, well, don't forget that they lost their best pass rusher. Exactly. Well, that's and, what and, I tied that into them not having. And any that pass was rushers. actually some. I can't remember who I heard say this about how they were pretty high up in like pass rush win rate or pass yeah, rate I know percentage rate in the first nine weeks, and then they fell to like the bottom five or whatever after Gary got hurt. But I have a couple other things for the, the bad. We got kind of in, deep into the the Joe Barry of it all. For a while, we're gonna we're gonna of, get even deeper into it these next coming episodes. We do, but uh, you know that uh, they I had the same thing about they get very little pressure on Goff with the one sack and two hits. Preston Smith and Enigbari were mostly invisible. They yeah. had almost no impact on the game at all. Um, and the other thing I had is people were talking about oh well the Packers like the defense held them to twenty. 
that's actually not that great of a performance. It is entirely mediocre. I could have put some good because it's kind of right in the middle. On the road, the Lions averaged 19.3 points per game. Three points below the opponent's um, defensive average. So Green Bay gave up 20 points, two points below their season average. So they're right on. It wasn't exceptional. It wasn't terrible. It was just meh. Yeah. It wasn't like they, the defense made this great overall performance when you when you sum it all up. They were good in the first half, but then not so good in the second half. Yeah, and I think it's it's hard because, like, I would say it, it's tough because I think the games they won these past few weeks, Miami, Minnesota, um, and then the week before that, the week before Miami was the ba- the Bears? I'm getting my timeline. I think the Bears confused. were the first game of the win, the first win, and then Rams, but Rams, Rams, right, yeah, the, the Baker specific, Mayfield. specifically Miami and Minnesota. They won those games because of the defense, but yes. it was mostly just the defense being super opportunistic and creating an like an amount of turnovers that was way outside of the norm. Like they had four turnovers right. in each of those games. In this so, game, they had none and they lost. Like right, and this is the thing where. If you can only play good defense by getting turnovers... It's not a good defense. It's not sustainable. It's going to eventually turn around and bite you. Um, Because if you're giving up yards per play, uh, you know... The good teams are not going to give you the ball. Yeah, They're not going to give you those opportunities. And the really good defensive teams really reduce your yards per play. Yeah. um, And force, force you to punt over and over again. And you just get nothing. As opposed to... We'll give you a lot, but then we're going to take the ball away some of the time. Ben, but don't break is not a good defense. You can have an Especially okay if- defense doing that, but that's like you're only doing that if you're conceding you're not as talented as the other defenses. When you have a talented defense like the Packers were supposed to be, you can't be a Ben, be but don't aggressive. break defense. Take it to the other team. Don't say we're going to wait for you to make a mistake. Force them to make the mistake. They need better D-line play, though. They need better yeah. D linemen. It's I mean, I know Reed and Kenny came across came along at the end of this year here. And Kenny, I think, will should be primed for a bounce back year next year, hopefully knock on wood. But they just don't they don't get any like disruption up front. Like they they have nothing. Yeah. But we'll get more with uh we'll get more from Wyatt next year. I guess we'll see. Maybe. He didn't I mean he was I think a lot of people yes, he was pretty good this year. He was pretty solid as a pass rusher. I don't know how much development you can like count on from a 24 year old rookie. Like, I don't know. Can you can you count on him to make a giant leap and be essentially your like second best, third best pass rusher for like seven weeks next year? I mean, maybe it's hard to tell since uh, you know he looks good in a small sample size, but that doesn't always carry over. Yeah, and I'm pulling up this um, stat from Jacob Morley on Twitter. Uh, about Devontae Wyatt that I remember I'd seen. Um, so only 10 interior D linemen from the 2022 class. Sorry, from the yeah from the 2022 class played over 100 pass rush snaps. Devontae Wyatt was one of those 10. With those snaps, he had the best pass rush win rate by four over 4%. He had the best pass rush productivity. He had the highest PFF pass rush grade. And he was third in total pressures. So there's definitely something to build on there. But it's only amongst 10 interior D linemen, only rookies. He's the oldest of them, I think. Like, he's one of the older rookies. Like, It's a lot to count on for him going into next year to solve a lot of problems along the D line. I think they need more investment there. 
Yeah, I, I agree that they should probably, you know, draft D-line and edge rushers with their first couple of picks. They need safeties too, Dad. And safeties. They need right? receivers too. I would rather have a safeties and another edge rusher over a receiver at this point. Every mock draft we do for the Packers needs to have an edge rusher, a late-round running back. Yep. And I then, grabbed one in the fifth round today. And then probably at least a safety or two. Yep. Possibly two. I agree that, that it, this is uh, one of those years where it's uh, um, good against, as he often does, doubles Hammers. up at a position of need. And you're going to need a tight end from somewhere. Don't know yep. where, but you're going to need one. Somebody who's got some blocking chops. You want a big tight end with some blocking chops. Eh. Screw blocking. Give me a guy who can go win. Oh, you think uh, Mercedes is going to be back this year, next year? I don't care. You can find a Mercedes, like you can find a guy like that and pay him the minimum. Like you don't need to spend like primo draft capital. It would be nice to have a legitimate threat in the middle. And I mean, game wrecking tight end. It's easy for us to say that. It might take a couple years. It's easy for us to say that though, because like obviously every team wants that. It's probably the most coveted, like non quarterback, non offensive lineman position. What would the Falcons take for Kyle Pitts? They didn't use him this year, barely at all. Uh, probably, I mean, there would be a massive bidding war. It's not about how much he's, value he is to them. It's how much every other team would offer for him. Like he And he was still very good. He just didn't put up, like, in terms of a well, market share, target share, yardage share, numbers, they used him a lot. They gave him the ball a lot. It's just they, their offense was no good passing the ball. Like, that's not, like, they, just they didn't know pass what much. they know they what were they have but anyway, it is this true is... that his his target share was still high. They just the to, the the it was a share of a a small pie. It was a share of a small pie, and also only like he only had like two completions. Like like none of them were catchable. But anyway, this is not a Falcons podcast. We can pine <laughs> after Kyle Pitts all we want. We're not going to get him. But anyway, but that's what I think we need. Is a, do we need a, a Kyle Pitts style player ready to ready to get a bunch of catches in the first year? The just answer go. is yes, we do. We do need that. The chance of us getting that, however, but the are, other thing uh, is extremely small. If you're like, if you want to run Jordan Love out there next year, you ha, him having another weapon would be nice. But anyway, yes, the, we're kind of we're kind of getting to some of our stuff for the off season podcast. Um, do you have anything you want to say about the defense, or do you want to sum up special teams? Or I think I was done with the defense. I think I covered all of my good and bad I did special too. teams. I think was mostly just net neutral. They, yeah. they did, and the thing is, the the Lions special teams is good. Yeah, I was so going to say it's hard going, to get. Yeah, they're one of the highest ranked special teams in the league, and uh, it's not going to be like the Vikings where the Red Sea just opens up for you. Like, and and they don't, they get a lot of touchbacks. They don't give up many runs. He has like one of the highest like hang times on kickoffs. Yeah, they. So, I mean, they were giving us the opportunity to return them, but they were kicking them straight in the air, and they hung up there for like five and yeah. a half seconds. Um, so Nixon had 20 yards per return. That's okay. I think, I think he, I meant to double check this, but I heard maybe he had a thousand yards returning for the season. I meant to look to see how that would rank. I think it was Cassidy Hill. I heard say, yeah. That today. And, and Crosby was solid. And I meant to look up whether, how that finished in the league and, and Crosby, he made, yeah. Um, the, uh, Three, made what, a three couple. field goals, a 48 yard or 49 yard, but, but he like barely made those for 48 and 49. So was going for it for was trying to kick a field goal for fifty three a good idea? Well, did you see Lafleur? Lafleur was like, "You want to punt? You want to go for it? No." And so they kicked the field goal. They, they showed him on the sideline. You could kind of read his lips. It was like fourth um, so and that's seven. That's kind of all I had on yeah. the 
on the um, special, special teams. teams. Yeah. Well, let's let's start wrapping this up because we're going for one of our longer episodes. Player of the game, I think it's no doubt Christian Watson. Like, is there I had else? Christian Watson as well. He's just looking better and better. Yeah. Right? I think there's nothing really to say there. I mean, it's a combination of, I mean, at over 100 yards in an elimination game when they didn't even throw the ball that well, and everyone else was not very good. So it's it's a pretty easy choice for me. Um, beyond that, Dad. Yes, and in fact, Keyshawn Nixon did lead the league in return yardage. Hey, he might. We might get a might get an all pro guy out of there. One thousand nine yards return return yards, first in the league. Nice. Despite only doing the returning for like half the year. Well, we'll always have Nixon for this year. We'll always have that was a fun Vikings game we had. We'll always have the Christian Watson stretch where he had like eight touchdowns in four games. We'll always have those moments from this year. But Dad, I just wanted to say thank you for being a great co-host. Uh, this year, as we as we started the Father Son Packers podcast, yeah, as we did our two episodes a week through thick and thin, through wins against the Cowboys and losses against the Lions, we did our whole season, and there's more to come. Yep, this is uh the first the first uh, Packers season. Not to, we're not finished with the first year yet of the Father Son Packers podcast, but through the first uh, Packers season of the uh, Father Son Packers podcast. Thank you, listeners. For tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. And we got more coming. Just because the Packers season is done doesn't mean that we're done. So just kind of letting you know what our off-season plan is. We are going to start doing one episode a week throughout the off-season until the season picks back up. Talking about Packers off-season moves, Packers off-season needs, what we think is going to be done about the coaching staff, what we think is going to be done about the roster. And we're going to go deep dive into the draft. Me and my dad both really, really enjoy the NFL draft. It's one of our favorite things. I actually like it more than the games itself. It's more fun to me. So we're going to be talking less, a lot about... It's less stressful. Less stressful. We're going to be talking a lot about prospects we like, fits we like with the Packers, when they have meetings with players, the Combine, the Senior Bowl, the East-West Shrine Bowl, all that stuff. Um uh, but so, yeah, come check us out over the offseason if you want kind of a Packers-centric offseason podcast and draft podcast. We'll be bringing good content to you once a week, and we would really appreciate if you check us out. At Father Son Packer on Twitter, by the way, if you want to follow when those episodes are coming out. Father Son Packers podcast on YouTube. Come subscribe if you enjoy us. We also have our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Dad, any last closing remarks for our listeners? Um. I guess uh, have have a, a great off season. Enjoy whatever you're gonna do uh, without now that you're not gonna be watching Packers games. And you're not beholden to watching the Packers. <laughs> and uh, you know, until next time, get outside, enjoy some fresh air. You have to touch some grass, <laughs> as they say. Touch some, touch some grass. But and thanks uh, again. Yeah, and, so uh, much for listening. So, and go pack, go and go pack, go.